630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. but I hate Tampa more now. So I'm, ex- I'm excited for those games. Um, they're the team to beat right now. They've had the most success. That is Matthew Kachuk of the Florida Panthers. Maybe his turtle shell will look better on the beach. I don't know. So I'm watching the Elks game Friday in my seats in Sex and H, and Brendan Escott texts me. And it says, Kachuk for Huberto in all capital letters. And, of course, I got a couple other messages and checked what was going on on Twitter. That was a very significant deal. Matthew Kachuk speaking in Florida. Huberto and Uyghur talking today in Calgary. And, man, oh, man, Alberta has kind of been the center for a lot of off-season news in the NHL. Here in Edmonton, the Oilers kept Evander Kane. They signed Jack Campbell to be the goaltender. And in Calgary, it was Goudreau on the way out. And when that happened, we thought, well, Kachuk might be on the way out here at some point, And he was. But they do pretty good, pretty good in that deal, I think. For further discussion, I am pleased to welcome back to the show. But he was, he was just on the last day I worked on July 15th. And then I had last week off. By the way, Pat Steinberg, I don't consider it vacation. I consider it practicing for retirement, but that's perhaps a uh, another discussion point. But Dave Campbell sat in for me last week, so thanks to him. And now you're right back on with me this week because the Flames won't stop making headlines, my man. Tell me how it shook down for you on Friday. Well, and I first of all, I don't know if they're done making headlines because I, I still think that they are very invested in making the team better, and, and I don't think they're done taking big swings this offseason whether or not they connect or not we'll uh we'll wait and see but so friday was crazy because i'm uh i'm like you i'm uh i'm on holiday i'm on uh, summer sabbatical and uh friday uh, i had some uh i had some people over including a mutual friend of ours and then all of a sudden i get an alert and i always have my alerts on for insiders and uh so i think it was sarah Velli who was the first one had said that i i hear that matthew kachuk has been traded to florida and then you know for about uh, the next hour hour and a half you're kind of just uh working and, and chasing things down and when you get the return so i i texted a couple of people said this uh, so what's going on and and it was um just wait until the return comes out is what i was told a few times and then a few minutes later you find out that they get both those roster players plus a prospect and a first round pick and you say to yourself holy did like that that's a haul like first of all when you think of two players that each had 100 points last year and uh, a bona fide top four maybe top pairing defenseman in Mackenzie Weger depending on who you ask like that is a bona fide blockbuster trade that the Calgary Flames and Florida Panthers pulled off on Friday night. So that that is first of all, you like that that is one of the biggest trades we've seen in a long time in the NHL to have two players of that magnitude 
changing and then have all the other things that went into it and Kachuk's extension that he signs in Florida. And then on top of that, realizing that's the first ever true sign and trade deal in NHL history, you're like, this, this had a lot of implications. And then you start to think about the situation that the Flames found themselves in where only five days prior, like it was last Sunday that Matthew Kachuk on the, the final day, the arbitration deadline for player elected arbitration, that was when Matthew Kachuk said, hey, I'm not going to re-sign here long-term. I, I obviously, I'll, I'll, if we take my qualifying offer, then, then I will play for the team and I'll fulfill all my obligations. But um, as a pending unrestricted free agent, I won't be signing here long-term. And so the Flames pivoted. They, they decided to take the steps, take him to arbitration, which really only got rid of the, for them, it got rid of the timeline uh, of him taking his one-year qualifying offer, which he almost 100% percent was going to do and it gave them a little bit more runway to work out a trade and funny enough on that deadline which was friday uh five days later the flames had worked out a blockbuster trade with the florida panthers and they were not the only team that were involved but it was a tough spot to be in because if you're the flames and and matthew kachuk is kind of calling the shots here and only teams that thought or were going to be able to um sign a long-term extension with them or in the picture well it, it doesn't really give you a ton of options you're working in a really small small pool so it was teams that matthew was interested in going in and it was teams that were able to sign him to that long-term deal and there's a bit of a venn diagram there and they were able to find a team that was willing to do both and that he was willing to go to and it's the florida panthers and then they get a 115-point player in Huberto, and they get a top defenseman in Uyghur, and they get a first-round pick, and they get a decent prospect. Like, that's solid work. It's not perfect because you've got two pending unrestricted free agents that, you know, certainly lead to some uncertainty in terms of how things are going to play out here in the next year. But based on all the situation and based on the fact that the entire NHL knew that Matthew Kachuk was going to get traded, I thought the Flames did a heck of a job. So it was uh, an interesting timeline. And for them to work out a deal like that in literally five days is pretty impressive work. And, and I don't know how the trade's going to play out. I don't know who's eventually going to be the winner. But for Brad Living to take that type of swing and orchestrate that type of deal in that short a time period, like th- that's the thing that stands out most to me. Well, yeah, and it kind of, to me, puts some of the, the fire in, back into the Battle of Alberta. And, I, and again, we talked last time how there's only going to be three games on the schedule and the playoff series, uh, you know, the Oilers were able to take it in five. But now you, you got Huberto, who was right up there in the scoring race. Uh, I mean, obviously not as many points as McDavid, but he, who was right up there. And and uh, it kind of makes it a lot more interesting again, I think. Now, we played the clip from Kachuk. Uh, did both Huberto and Uyghur spoke today, and obviously they were asked about... They're both UFAs, so I guess that's, I suppose, the risk here for Calgary in all yes. of this. So what, what did they say about becoming Flames and perhaps having long-term futures in Calgary? Well, it's funny because both of them said... Yeah, they, they both said, yeah, they'd be open to it, but there was not a contract worked out for either of them upon the trade, whereas there was 
One worked out for Matthew Kachuk. That was a condition on a trade of that magnitude, and he's locked up for eight years in Florida. Um, Jonathan Huberdeau was asked about it, and he said, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to coming out there, meeting the guys, getting indoctrinated into the team, and I'd, I'd absolutely be open to signing longer and, and spending more time in Calgary than just the one year. And, and Mackenzie Weger, who was on the same conference call, said, yeah, me too. Um, and and so that that's good news. There's openness. There's a feel that that that, that could happen down the road. But you know, I, I don't know. I have no idea if that's going to end up being the way this plays out. But I do know that it gives them options. So you have the option to re-sign one or both of these unrestricted free agents at the end of next season to contracts that go beyond that. And that could end up being the best case scenario, or depending on the way things go and the way the season is going or the appetite for one or either of the players to re-sign, well, you've got the option to flip them between now and the trade deadline, which I think is, is I'm not saying it is the most likely outcome, but it is an outcome that they have the ability to explore if they need to explore it. And that gives them options too. So I, this at the very least, while it wasn't perfect and you know, you'd rather have both Johnny Gaudreau, and in this case, Matthew Kachuk re-signed both for long-term deals. Obviously, it's always better to keep your talent and not have them walk or be traded. But in this circumstance, at the very least, the Flames gave themselves some some different paths to explore. And we'll see how it goes. I mean, Jonathan Huberto and Johnny Gaudreau each had 115 points last year. So you're kind of, and, and they're very similar in terms of the way they drive offense. They're very similar in uh, their their playmaking ability. Like, if Johnny Gaudreau is one of the best playmakers in the NHL, you know who else is? Uh, Jonathan Huberdeau. And and so I'm really curious as to how that's going to work with likely Elias Lindholm on a line together and, and what that fit is going to look like. And then for Matthew Kachuk, I mean, they don't have a, a ready-made replacement there. And I still think with some of the cap flexibilities that they have, I still think that there's an option here for them to go out, whether it's Nazem Kadri and unrestricted free agency or some sort of trade that we haven't talked about or they haven't been linked to. Like, I, I just think that there's more that the Flames are looking at doing because as much as there was a lot of talk about, well, do you rebuild? And is, is this the time? Is this the sign that you should go in a different direction and, and maybe go younger and reset and build for the future. Well, it doesn't look like that's the way they're going to do it. You talked about how this, you know, kind of breathes new life into what was already a, a renewed battle of Alberta. Yeah. And, and, and I think that, you know, I, I think that they still looked at themselves with Daryl Sutter having one year left on his contract and Bradshaw living having one year left on the contract and some of the players they still have under contract on, on pretty team-friendly deals. And they looked at themselves and said, okay, well, yes. And I do firmly believe, Reed, that there was a significant, serious discussion about rebuilding or about going in a different direction, but they opted not to do that. And and now they have put themselves in a situation where their competitive window and their window to be a team that makes the playoffs and, and, and you know, potentially can win a round or two in the playoffs, that window remains open with this trade and the cap flexibility that they still have. And if it doesn't play out that way or if the uh, if the players just 
don't seem like they're open to staying here long term, then you've also got the option to trade them between now and the deadline. So it's going to be a fascinating season. It really is. How these guys are going to fit, what their appetite is to sign long term. And here's the most fascinating part. What happens if they're in the same situation as they were last year, where they're in a mix with, you know, last year it was Calgary and Edmonton who were kind of in that mix who's going to win the division and Calgary ended up winning the division in the regular season and they we all knew that Johnny Gaudreau was a pending UFA and they obviously didn't trade him at the deadline because of the way they were playing and they felt that they could re-sign him well what happens what what happens if it's the same thing what happens if it's it's February and and the Flames and Oilers are six points or two points apart and they're fighting for the Pacific division crown. And, you know, we could be talking about either team going deep in the playoffs. Does Calgary, like are the Flames going to trade Huberto? Are they going to trade Uyghur? I, I, I am fascinated by that because it's easy to say that they won't find themselves in that situation again, or they've learned their lesson or whatever the case may be. But how easy is that to do when these guys are obviously going to be important and crucial to whatever success they might have in the coming season. It's going to be, you know, from, from our standpoint, watching the team and talking about the team, it's going to be really fun. And I think just league wide, it's going to be a fascinating team to watch this season. Yeah. Well, and it's, I I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Huberto play more because Florida's not a team I watched a lot i mean living in edmonton you I get all the flames regional broadcasts as well and if uh, the oilers aren't playing i usually got the flames on tv to see how they're doing so i'm gonna i'm gonna like seeing him play a lot more pat steinberg from the flames radio network joining us tonight kachuk for huberto Uyghur draft pick prospect pretty big deal that went down on friday night did you get a sense of who initiated these trade discussions or did it start with kachuk listing the panthers as a team he would go to where did it start so my sense is that, okay, so last Sunday night, Matthew Kachuk says, hey, um, I'm not going to resign with you. And that instantly started the process of this trade. And essentially what Brad Treliving, the GM of the Flames, did was work with Craig Oster, the agent for the Kachuk family and, and for Matthew. And they said, okay, well, let's let's work together to find a partner. Let's work together to find a place that he wants to be. Let's work together to find a spot that they could sign him to a long-term deal, uh, negotiate the deal, sign it, and then and then make the trade. And I think that one of the teams that, that Matthew indicated was, yes, the Florida Panthers. So I think that was the, the first step, was that Florida was on Matthew's list. And they, what, what Brad told me when I spoke to him over the weekend was immediately, like, two teams were completely off the list that, that Matthew Kachuk gave him. They just couldn't do it. So Brad got this list of teams that, yes, okay, Matthew is willing to sign there, interested in being there long-term. Let's go and, and talk to these teams and see what we can do. And so you make the phone call to Team A and Team B, like, sorry, we, we love the player, but we can't do it. We, we, we honestly, there's no way that our cap situation is going to allow us to bring in a player of that magnitude to sign a contract of, of that magnitude. So you're working with a small group of teams. I know there's been reports out there that Carolina was one of the teams, that uh, St. Louis was obviously one of the teams. Um, and I think Florida was just one of the teams that instantly was like, yeah, you know what? We're interested in Bill Zito, the GM down there felt like Matthew was the type of player that they needed to get over that hump and, and have a little bit more playoff success than they've been able to have the last couple of years. And, and so he paid a pretty penny to do it. And, and I also think that 
you know, once once Calgary found out that Florida was willing to part with the the the, the, the caliber of players they were willing to do, I think they instantly became kind of the team that, as much as everyone was buzzing about St. Louis, and as much as even myself, I thought St. Louis was the natural fit because of some of the assets they could offer. I don't know what they were offering, but I, I honestly believe, and I've talked to four or five people now that, that I trust pretty well, I don't think Calgary was getting a better deal anywhere than the deal they got from Florida. So uh, I, I think that they were one of the teams that was in the mix right from the get-go because they were on Matthew's kind of approved list. They have the ability to do this. They have the assets to be able to get it done, and they had a willingness to bring this player in. So that's that's kind of my feel on, on the timeline between those two teams, Calgary and Florida specifically. Pat, uh, wish we had more time, but this has been uh, a fascinating uh, offseason, so I'm, I'm glad we have a lot to talk about. I hope you had a great time at the Stampede last Friday, and uh, I hope you have a great rest of the summer. I have a feeling we will have more to talk about on each other's shows in the next eight to ten weeks before we even drop the puck, which is going to be fun. Thanks for checking in, buddy. We never have enough time together. Goodbye, Reed. <laughs> he's, he's so sweet, isn't he? My, oh, my. Just warms my heart. That's Pat Steinberg from the Flames Radio Network. Uh, so Huberto and Weger joining the Battle of Alberta from the Calgary end. It's going to be fun. Okay, uh, we got a lot to dive into tonight. Our old buddy Jed Roberts is going to be on the show. The Edmonton Oil Kings have a new head coach. He's going to join me after the 7 o'clock news. And Morley has the Elks this week from 7.30 to 8. Stick around! Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Well, hope you're having a great day, everybody. Uh, pretty good weather for the most part recently. Got a little uh, rain here this afternoon. The uh, Pope in my neighborhood nearby uh, Sacred Heart Church and then uh, coming to Commonwealth Stadium tomorrow morning. No plans for the Pope to uh, stop at my house, but you never know. Sometimes things change along the way. My name is Reed Wilkins. You can get in touch on the Certainty Hotline, 780-496-0063. Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling system. Certainty Pro all the way. You can email insidesports at 630ched.com. Follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D. W-I-L-K-I-N-S. The new head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings is Luke Pierce. He will join me after the 7 o'clock news. The hockey world, the big news from uh, Friday night. We're still talking about it. Matthew Kachuk traded to Florida for Jonathan Huberdo, Mackenzie Weger, a prospect, a draft pick, and uh, that adds a little spice to the Battle of Alberta. And uh, Huberdo and Weger today asked about re-signing in Calgary. I'm open. I mean, we've never been really talked about that, but I mean, I'm open to stay in Calgary for, for a long time. And obviously, like you said, we've only been there for 48 hours, but it's, uh, you know, we haven't got to go to Calgary and, and see everything, but it's, uh, I'm open for it. And I kind of led that to the GM and my agent and, and they started, they already started talking about it, but we'll see how it's going to happen. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm open for it for sure. Yeah. Uh, same here, open to signing a long-term deal. And, you know, like Johnny said, it's been quick and uh, it's been short so far, but the city and, and the team, you know, there's no reason not to uh, not to be open about it. So I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, my agent talking to Brad and, and seeing what, uh, what's going on. But yeah, I'm, I'm very open to it. 
All right, so those uh, comments there from uh, Mackenzie Wigger, Jonathan Huberto, as they are now members of the uh, Calgary Flames. A bunch of the Oilers played at Zach Hyman's golf tournament today in Toronto. We'll have some clips from that as we uh, move along throughout the evening. Cam Moon filling in for uh, Bob Stoffer on Oilers now this week, so uh, you can catch Mooner from noon to 2, and I imagine he will join us at some point uh, on Inside Sports throughout the week as well. Kellen Kennedy back at the 6.30 Chad Broadcasting Compound as well. Kellen, how are you doing? Doing great. Uh, it's good to talk to you for the only time this week on my side because I'm taking off on holidays starting tomorrow. So there oh, we go. Oh, my goodness. You will be practicing for retirement the rest of the week. Well, I hope it yes. goes well for you, buddy. Thank you. Okay. Well, K-Days, of course, is underway, which means Monday morning magic for the Edmonton Elks and a double E alum. I believe he's going to check in from K-Days right now, and we always love having him on the show, Jed Roberts. And uh, we'll dive into that Elks loss to Winnipeg on Friday, a game that was there for the taking, and uh, the Elks unable to take it. Probably outplayed Winnipeg for most of the night, but the Bombers know how to get it done. So we'll talk about that with Jed coming up after the news. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.